The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Move through blocks and fulfill your passion and purpose. This is Stop Stopping Yourself with your host, Vincent Jenna. Hey out there, everyone. Yes, I am your host, Vincent Jenna. And I am coming to you live, as usual, from Holly Springs, North Carolina. Thrilled to be here. Um, Beautiful day outside. We've been having a lot of uh, rain and storms, and I hope that all the listeners that are in those areas that have been experiencing the same are okay. I know there's been a lot of flooding through the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is interesting. We, we'll uh, we're going to be talking about Father's Day coming up this Sunday. That's right, this Sunday, and why we celebrate Father's Day and some other caveats that go along with that. But um, one of the things that I wanted to say, which is really interesting, is we've been having a lot of storms and flooding throughout the country now. If you uh, are into dreams, as Dr. Dream uh, that follows me, Kelly Sullivan Walden, um, you would understand, or or even psychotherapy, you would understand that this water symbolically represents our emotions, right? So if you have dreams with water in it, be it still or calm, which is always nice, um, or stormy, rocky, flooding, um, it, even tsunamis and and unbelievable uh, raging waters and rains, uh, those all represent your emotions and your dreams. I recall uh, through um, a lot of my life at, at different points because of all the emotional things I went through, particularly when I was younger. Uh, it was a lot of water dreams, you know. I was always uh, on the on the brink of falling into some raging tides, walking along the edge of a cliff. Um, even in some city, it didn't matter where we were. And then um, one one dream, and it it was in my adult life, maybe about I don't know, about ten or fifteen years ago maybe even less than that. I'm not sure anymore with time. But I was having a water dream again. And this time it was interesting. 
Um, in your dreams, you want to try to learn how to control them in some way or control yourself. That is called lucid dreaming. You should read up about that because you can learn how to actually control them. So instead of any of the stressful dreams you have, instead of running away from the perpetrator, running away from the monster, uh, running away from the raging storm, turning around and facing it. Because if you face it in your dream, you'll be able to face it in your life. Because what you dream can translate. What's going on in your life translates into your dreams. But then what goes on in your dreams can translate into your life. So I remember this one time. Wow, it, was, it wasn't even a storm. I just remember being on a beach by a water and I'm looking ahead and there is a wall of water, an actual tsunami headed straight towards the shore. There's nobody else around. I only see me. And at first I turn and I, I, I run and then I stop because I realized I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep running. There's no place to run. This water is going to get me one way or another. So I literally turned around. I made myself turn around to face the water. Now, my heart is racing like crazy. And I remember that my heart was racing actually physically during the dream. So you know how you can be partially in the dream and partially awakened? That's how you remember most of your dreams is actually coming into a, a sleep or going out of sleep. So here I am feeling this panicking that this water is about ready to come over me, but I kept telling myself I'm going to be okay, I'm going to be okay. And as the tsunami, the wall of water came right up to me, I took a giant breath. The water came right over me. So now I'm on the ocean floor and the water is over me. And I was holding my breath. I remember in my dream holding my breath, but I said, I'm not going to hold it anymore. I couldn't hold it anymore. And I took a deep breath underwater. And I didn't drown. And I didn't drown. And as I was breathing under the water in the dream, I recognized that I was okay. I was okay. And all of a sudden, the water disappeared. And since that dream, I have never had another dream with raging water again. I, I basically don't dream of water anymore, period. It, in that dream, I faced my emotions. Like I said, water represents emotions. And we can certainly have a tsunami of emotions come washing over us in our lives. And I face them. I face the feeling of that. Um, so the reason why I'm bringing up this and the rain and the flooding and everything like that. So anything that is symbolic also can be affected by us and on this planet. And I've told you before, all the negativity over the past several years has absolutely affected the environment on this planet, be it the storms and be it the tornadoes and the fires and the earthquakes and the volcanic eruptions, all of that. So now why the storms, why this rain, constant rain and flooding? It's not hurricanes, which thank God. 
even though there's going to be plenty of them, yet they, they've not started as early as they thought they would, or other than the one, but it, that, that went out. But the rain, a lot of emotions. If you think about it, the United States has been so extremely emotional over the vaccinations now. Um, yes, you've got some people still enraged and fighting, but the other people are just emotional about it, over-emotional about it. Should I take it? Shouldn't I take it? Um, I can't have you come and join my group because you became vaccinated and you're going to spread um, some problem onto us, thinking that you were injected with a microelectronic chip of some kind and that was going to radiate uh, poisons out onto us or was going to uh, cause women to no longer be able to conceive and become infertile and and things like that. Or if you've not been vaccinated, you can't be with me because now you can pass me the coronavirus and all of that emotional stuff has been going on. And still some shootings, yes, all over the place. Every other weekend there's a shooting. And that's affecting the earth and therefore the rains and the flooding and the over-emotional response from the earth is occurring because of the over-emotional response of humans. And I actually want to segue this discussion into what I was going to be talking about for Father's Day. And about Father's Day, and you know, I've said it before on Mother's Day, that we created this celebration in order to honor the divine masculine within. Last week, I spoke about what it was to actually be a man. What is the male side of us? It's the risk-taking, the, the courage to believe in oneself and stand for one's beliefs and to pursue dreams and passions. That's actually what we use the male side for. And the intellect to talk ourselves into our inspirations, not out of our inspirations. That's what it is to be a balanced male. And to use the intuitive female side, learn how to bring the two together. Just as it is for a woman to learn how to bring her intellect and her reasoning ability and the risk-taking ability to be that male side of her, to balance out the female side. So we've created this celebration to remind us of all of this. So it isn't just about daddies and mommies. Though the day, yes, of course, Sunday, is Daddy's Day, Father's Day. And it's interesting, um, based on my own experience with my own father, um, there, there is I, what I would like to talk about and discuss today is why things get in the way. So why we needed to create these celebrations to start with, but to truly make them meaningful in the right way. You know, it's not just a matter of, of honoring the divine masculine and feminine within. It's, it's more than that. It's, there's a reason to even do that. <clears throat> because as humans, like I said before, uh, the two top functions of the human brain is, one, the top function is to keep us alive. That's its primary objective. 
its second highest function is to protect us. And it protects us in all different ways. It protects us physically by, by um, like I said once before with the coronavirus, it'll cause your body temperature to rise in order to try to kill off any bacteria or virus that's inside of you. So it creates a temperature of fever. It also protects us by making you hungry. That's another form physically of how it protects us. Right? It just is going to make you feel that um, you need nutrition in some way. So it, it, um, it secretes a hormone because the body needs nutrition in the same way as that it'll secrete a hormone to now make you stop eating because you've had enough. The body is now feeling that the nutrition is there. And so it needs to protect you from overeating. Unfortunately, we can still overeat or undereat. But in any case, and we can ignore any of the protections of the, of the brain, but, but um, in any case, that's what the brain does. Now, emotionally, we discussed some of that. It will help you to create beliefs, certain beliefs that help shield you and protect you from your pains and your hurts and things like that. And so all of those anomalies are going on in the brain. And, and literally, it's, it's vital to take a spiritual path so that you can begin to listen for the soul. And what the soul is telling you. Because if you listen to your mind alone, it could be wrong. Right? It could be feeding you beliefs that maybe you do have or beliefs that maybe were created. I know in, in my childhood growing up, you know, my parents were very harsh, and Daddy was uh, definitely an abuser. He would be considered an abuser. Both of them would, because uh, they were very free with their hands. And if Mom happened to have a spoon or anything in her hand, that she'd use that. Dad used a belt, right? Some of you out there, your parents or your father, you know, you maybe used a, a tree branch, or even have you go out and get your own tree branch. Oh, Grandma could have done that too, right? <laughs> So, so we have all of these memories of, of our parents, and certainly there were definitely abusers. And I know um, that, that my mind shielded me as best as it could in some of those beliefs. And I told you, I told you that I, you know, I used to be a singer, actor, and dancer, and I had to believe that I was so good um, in what I did. I was good. I was good. So I didn't deserve the punishment that I received. And maybe times I might have. Maybe times I did mouth off a little bit too much. I was never really a bad kid, that for sure. I didn't do, well, you know, what? I think I, you know, tried pot a little bit when I was younger. Oh, boy, it was really terrible. And Boone's Farm apple wine with the rest of them. I never liked actually getting drunk or high because my metabolism was so fast. It was terrible. So I didn't abuse it, that's for sure. And I didn't do anything that was terrible. I think the worst thing I ever did as a kid is um, in junior high. There was a group of us together. It was a Saturday, I believe. We were playing in the school playground because that's where you always went to play on the weekends because that was the biggest field. We had some parks, uh, of course, but um, the closest thing was usually the school. 
And so we got a little rambunctious. And back in those days, um, you know, they they uh, have the extra shacks that they the trailers that they add to the schools because of the overflow of the kids. Well, back in those days, um, they didn't use trailers. They used what it almost looked like a garden hothouse. You know, it was this tin semicircle building um, on the ground and, and it was loaded. You know, they had air blowing into it, you know, hot and cold air for the seasons. But what was interesting, the whole thing is made of aluminum. We had that in the school and it was cool to try to climb up on, you know, because it was it was a half circle, you know, um, and and because of the aluminum panels, it had a footing that you can you can step on and climb up. So the worst thing that I, I did is I was climbing up on the building and of course, there's windows on the building, and I accidentally stuck my foot, went to step, and hit a window and broke it. And of course, we all ran. I never got in trouble for it because there was no cameras around in those days, and um, I hope none of the teachers uh, from back in, in those times are still alive and can hear this, but they are hearing me on the other side. Yes, I did. I broke it and um, nobody found out. And God, I, I felt guilty and panicked, you know, um, worried that somebody was going to find out. <laughs> that was the worst that I ever did, you know, but it wasn't intentional, of course. But in any case, you know, our parents, um, they do what they believe they need to do to be able to help you or raise you. And like I said, now I'm not talking about those that have some very bad intentions for their children. So, so we wind up developing these beliefs, beliefs about them, beliefs, and we know, and I, and I talk with my clients all the time when they call, you know, the lack of nurturing and, you know, my, my parents weren't necessarily nurturing. And I remember mom turning around and telling me one day, you know, uh, maybe you aren't good enough. Maybe you are a brat. Maybe you are, you know, what comes from a Jenner, you know? And so um, there are those certain memories that are going to be instilled inside of you. Um, but sometimes those memories can be altered. Sometimes because the defense mechanisms are important, right? Sometimes you need to hold on to a belief that makes you feel better about yourself, and but it 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 winds up um, being something that's not necessarily helpful to anybody else. So the point is, we always talk about letting go. Letting go. Um, so many people keep repeating their stories over and over and over and over again. I had a client this week, um, actually last week, and turn around and tell me, well, I, I can't do this and that because, you know, daddy did this, mommy did that. You know, um, they were hard, they were this and they that. And it, it's constantly being used as an excuse. Now, and they may be right, but you don't know if it was all true, but none of it matters. What matters is we need to learn how to release. We need to learn how to take control of our lives completely, and that's including our beliefs and letting go. So, so when we're celebrating a holiday, particularly a parent's holiday, a Mother's Day, a Father's Day, and you may be sitting out there and going, uh, my 
father doesn't deserve any honoring. You know, I haven't gotten him a, a, a card in years. I'm estranged from my parents. Well, those are not good excuses anymore for you not growing as a spiritual being. You're making the choice to hold on to a defense that may or may not be real, that may or may not be true. None of it, you see, matters, especially when we get to the other side and we see the whole big picture is like, oh, wow. Ooh, you know, and I when I think of how hard my mother was on me because I wanted to be an actor, you know, back in those days, I probably would have been hard on my own children, you know, had they turned around my day. My daughter said, I mean, she's a performer now. I absolutely supported her in this life and that of course, because she was very talented and I knew what it was like not to be supported. But if, if I was now raising her back in the fifties, you know, and where there were only a few successful actors, comparatively speaking to today, now there's, you know, thousands, everybody wants to be an actor or a psychic medium, one or the other. And so you now have all of these people and so, okay, so there's more opportunities, there's more schooling, there's more education, there's more help, there's more, you know, this and that. Back in those days, there wasn't. And so I can imagine my mother was just so fearful, like, what is he going to do? He doesn't want to do anything else. Oh, I didn't want to do anything else. Oh, I hated it. You know, even when I needed to get a bread and butter job on my 50th birthday, my son played a game with we had a, a surprise birthday. They had a surprise birthday party for me and we had different activities throughout the party based on my life. And one of the activities were name the jobs my father's had over the years. And the one who can name the most won a prize. And it was hysterical. Um, I think at that time, at 50, I had basically 51 different jobs. Because I couldn't do anything else other than what I wanted to do. Right? So, so in a way, my, my mom and dad were right about my inability to be stable. Then I finally, this happened to me. And of course, I felt more stable. And then I went back to school and... You got my degree, and I certainly feel stable now in my career and what I'm doing. But, you know, as a parent back then, I probably would have been hard. I don't think I would have been physically abusive. They, they, you know, turned to physical abuse. But it was always an argument with my mother. We always fought, you know. So here I am. I'm thinking now as my clear adult, some of the memories that I have of mom, you know, being a tyrant, well, yeah, it did leave. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not that it doesn't leave some kind of of scar of some kind or some kind of um, detrimental belief that gets in the way. But the point is, the belief is yours now and doesn't involve the other person anymore, doesn't involve the parent you have no right to be angry with your parents anymore. You don't. Not if you want to take a spiritual path. You can, you can be forming blame all you want all the rest of your life. You know? You can even sit back and look at your past and 
continuously be angry at something they did. You might even call me up for a reading and I'll tell you things that they did do that affected you that you didn't even pay attention to. But now you realize, oh, yeah, you're right. That is bothering me. Oh, my gosh, I totally forgot that. But now after we point that out, it's still in your hands and there is no sense in being angry with them. When I make mediumship connections, I actually have some people that turn around and say, oh, I don't want to speak to her. Mother comes in. Father comes in. Uh, I don't want to speak to him. Uh, uh, just tell him to go away. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you serious? Are you still holding a grudge against that parent, even though they're on the other side and they see the light? Well, they can't do anything to make up for it over here. No, but you can. You can. You can let go. Right? You can let go. So my point is, you don't know what your beliefs are, what's real and what's not real, what's phony, what's made up. You don't know. Yes, psychologically, you have them. We got to acknowledge them, whether they're real, whether they happened or they didn't happen. We have to acknowledge them. Absolutely. But then we have to take the next step. And the next step is understanding that only the pure beliefs matter. It doesn't matter what harm you went through. It matters now what you're choosing to believe about yourself. Not what you're choosing to believe about the other person, what you're choosing to believe about yourself. See, because the, all of that disappears when we go to the other side and we start assessing things. You know, well, nobody on the other side is going to say, okay, so, so, um, how did you do? Well, um, I had very abusive parents. They, they used to beat me up all the time. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So what did you do with that? Um, well, you know, um, I just feel that I need to get back at them for something. Oh, Really? Okay, that's what you do. You 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 th you got to get back at them. What did they have anything to do with this? How do you know they weren't part of your plan? Did you talk to the souls yet? Did you find out? I don't know. I go well. Why don't you just find out before you make any assumptions here? And and who have you become? Are you going to blame them for who you are today? I mean, I can understand you holding on to some residual thoughts there. They linger within you. But if you allow them to affect you, those are your thoughts now that you're controlling. It's not them. It's not their actions anymore. They're your thoughts. What are you going to do with them? Why would you want to hold on to them? It's like clean the slate. I don't remember anything negative or anything positive happening when I was growing up. I just remember what I choose to want to remember today. Join me. Stay with me. We're coming back after this commercial to talk more about this because it's really important so that you know how to celebrate this Father's Day. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Stop Stopping Yourself with Vincent Jenna. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Yes, um, as we were talking, and I get very carried away and I forget the time. And thank goodness for Lewis in the uh, tech room there reminding me with some very uh, pleasant music. Um, but we're back. And if you're just joining us, we're talking about Father's Day. We're talking about memories from our past. We're talking about honoring dads. Uh, we're talking about the symbolic meaning of Father's Day, honoring the divine masculine within you, and then the reality of of honoring fathers. And um, I, I, you know, do have to admit that that um, parents can, um, you know, um, uh, get a rough break. You know, because the life is so difficult in in general, and then you have these children that you have to take care of, and you want to feed, and you want to, you know, keep safe and keep under a roof and clothed, and and it can be hard. And if you've got emotional baggage, it's going to get in the way of you raising them. I always told couples that if you want to be a good parent, take care of your own personal issues first. And I still stand on that. But the purpose of today is to be talking about our memories and um, and how we want to honor who we are, who we are, who we are as spiritual beings. We're not just physical beings. We're not just bodies and bodies that get married and bodies that have children and bodies that go to work and bodies that um i don't know accomplish dreams we're we're more than that now all of all of this is is just a um a tool we are using the earth is a tool our lives are just a tool a tool to experience who we are as souls and divine beings right we're going on a journey over here um, and it's and it's more about just experiencing so that we know what we know. The goal is to know what we know. The goal is to own it, feel it, taste it, smell it, touch it, to know what we know. We were ingrained with certain knowing and knowledge and wisdom um, as we were created from a higher source, from the God force, from spirit. And it ingrained all this information in us. And we help to co-create this universe so that we can begin to experience our own lights and our own knowledge. So in other words, um, what does it mean to feel sorrow? What does it mean to feel happiness? What does it mean to feel love? What is this love concept? Just the same thing is, what is it to nurture another human being? What is this? What is this mothering and fathering experience? What is that? And and so we come to this earth, at least our group, other groups went to other universes, our, our extraterrestrial brothers and sisters. And so we we come 
to experience these things, right? But then what happens is we're here in this earthly plane and then all this nonsense transpires and we're not experiencing what we're meant to experience. And this whole idea, I really am getting tired of, of seeing memes that uh, pain is meaningful and life is about it being hard. And oh my God, we keep coming. The more you keep accepting the way it is right now, you will never create the life you want. This is not about accepting life. No, not at all. You know, I don't care what, um, if there is a Buddhist saying that suffering is desiring something more, that's wrong. I desire a peaceful world. I desire a world I know that it could be. Not that I think that it could be that I know that it could be. Suffering is not not accepting the world the way it is. Suffering is actually accepting the world the way it is. Accepting the way you are. That is suffering. True peace comes from the knowing that anything can change and grow. God grant me the conviction to believe that there is nothing I cannot change the courage to change all that I want, and the wisdom to know what's best left the way it is. That's my empowerment prayer. You can find that on my website at www.vincentjenna.com with a G-E-N-N-A, the empowerment prayer. Go copy it, plaster it everywhere. It's about the understanding that we can change anything we want, including ourselves. Oh, but there's an adage here on the earth, we don't like change. Well, there's another excuse. Of course we like change. If we didn't like change, we'd be eating pasta every single day of the week for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and not have created another food item. Of course we love change. We love newness. You'd be wearing the same clothes, same colors, same style. Oh, I know that there are some people who do that. You would never have changed them. Same sneakers, same soap, same home. Oh, there's people who do that too. The same everything. Everything in your life would be exactly the same. But your body changes purposely because it's meant to change. Because change is necessary. Change is about experiencing more of who you are. So we don't fear it. We don't dislike it. What we do like is not stepping out of our comfort zone. And that had nothing to do with change. We like habits because habits don't require us to think. And why am I bringing this up? Because we like holding on to our stories, whichever way we created them. That's right. You are the master of your own life. And you create your stories. Or you recreate them. Recreate your story. There's a good one. Recreate your past. Dr. Joe Dispenza, uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, in that book, one of his last ones, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, he actually talks about I believe it was in that book. I hope it was in that book. If not, it's in one of his next ones. He talked about an experiment that was done 
in an attempt to change a future timeline. And in actuality, by mistake, they changed a past timeline. They changed the past. There is actual science now that is researching whether or not you can truly change the past because we are understanding, and this is in science now, and it has been put out there, that the past, present, and the future are happening at the same time, except in different dimensions. That's what Einstein tried to say. The theory of relativity and time was not based on linear measurement, but where a location, time is a location. So so if it's happening at the same time in a different place and you happen to tap into that place and you break into that dimension, you actually can change that past. Doc from Back to the Future says that you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't alter the timeline, right? Because it alters the future. Of course it alters the future. But it doesn't matter because we're in control of all of it. So change your past, change your beliefs so that and you do that in your honoring. You do that in the celebrating of who you are to remind you of that divine feminine, the intuition and the spiritual nature of who you are and the creative nurturing nature of who you are. And use the masculine, the risk-taking, courageous part of who you are to want to make the changes that you can believe in yourself better. Create a new story for yourself, not the ones that you think your parents created for you, but the one that you want. Create a story that will inspire you now. Maybe I did that. Maybe I created a story that I have a soul, had a soul contract with all my perpetrators, with my parents to abuse me, to sexually molest me, to do anything. Maybe I created that story. But in creating that story, I am the person I am today, and it gives me the courage and the strength and the inspiration to go out into the world, pursue my dream, write books, be on TV, share a message, set myself out there for anybody to criticize. Maybe I made my story that so I can do all that I really want to do. But you know what? It worked. It worked. Because if I created the story that I was worthless, just like everybody treated me, and I created the story of whatever anybody's saying to me, and I made up whatever I wanted to believe about them, it could have brought me down. It would have brought me down. It would have brought me in the other direction. Might have even made me pick up a gun and go into a school and start shooting people. No, that's why we're not victims. Because you can use and change the story of your childhood into the one you want to believe. And if you need to believe that it was somebody else's fault because that makes you feel better, then you haven't grown. You only think you have. But eventually you come back to face yourself. Create a better belief. 
and therefore you'll create a better future for yourself. I'm not saying that we don't, well, punishment, I hate the word punish. I really do hate the word punish. We do need to acknowledge, I know we've set up a system to punish, punish criminals, punish those who, who hurt our rights. You know, um, punishing people, even in, it's so funny, there's so much recidivism in criminals' behaviors, and that means they keep repeating the same pattern over and over again, whether they've been in jail, whether they've gone through any type of therapy, they just keep repeating the behavior for the most part, not all of them, not all of them. Some of them actually rehabilitate, you know, otherwise we wouldn't have those systems. But a lot of times we keep repeating the same thing, basically because I, like I said before, it's not that we don't like change. We like comfort. We like ease. We like to hold on to habits because that's what we're comfortable with. It's what we know. It becomes our security blanket. You know, whether you know drinking or taking drugs is bad for you, you hold on to it because it's a security blanket. It's not even for what it does anymore. It doesn't do anything after a while. Talk to some alcoholics and it, it's not even soothing after a while. It isn't. It's like with anything, with any addiction, it becomes meaningless after a while. It's just the habit itself. Smoking. I said that I was going to continue smoking as long as I enjoyed it. And then one day when I was realizing that, number one, this could be hurting me, and number two, oh, God, I wasn't really enjoying it anymore because I didn't even know I finished a cigarette before I lit another one. And that's when I stopped. I made myself stop. I believed in myself and I was going to take a self-love step, a loving step, and got rid of the cigarettes. Both my wife and I did that. You know, but, but, so the habits don't even give you a reward. Everybody does something for reward, for a benefit of some kind. Even negative things are a benefit. So holding on to negative beliefs can be a benefit for people. Gives them excuses, like I said, right? Gives them reasons not to accomplish their goals. Well, I would, you know, all my life I wanted to be a writer, but all I kept hearing in my parents' head is that I wasn't good enough. I wasn't smart enough. Well, I couldn't write anything. That's all I kept hearing in my head. Oh, yeah, I, I know. And even people have posted on Facebook, even recently, up until recently, that they found research, new research, that these patterns are created in the brain. And once they're created in the brain, forget it. You can't change it. Oh, my God. What are we, robots? All of a sudden, now we're prisoners to the patterns of our brains. We control those damn patterns. We're the ones who make them. We can unengrain them and we can make another pathway. We're in control. The mind, listen to me, people. 
the brain is not in control of the mind. The mind is in control of the brain. The mind is in control of the brain. And if the mind takes over, yes, can you allow your brain to take over? Sure, just like you can allow your best friend to tell you what to do all your life. <clears throat> or let that little kid inside of you constantly complain about the life he or she had so that you can use that as an excuse and listen to that. So, yeah, so, yes, they can influence us, absolutely. However... We're in control of it. That's what makes us special beings. That's what puts us above the animal kingdom. We have minds that we are in control of, that our souls are connected to and influence our soul's mind that is now influenced or vice versa can be influenced by our soul, our human mind our existing mind, but our minds are in control of everything. Our minds are in control of our beliefs. Our minds are in control of what we draw to us and create. That's right, our minds. So you are not subject to your patterns. You're subject to your mind. These brain synapses. <clears throat> they spark and they fire upon your thoughts. They want to try to, well, they've been, since the advent of brain science and neurology, they try to believe that the firing of a synapsis actually happens first. Those axioms, you see little pictures of those, those brain things that go flying through up and down all, all along the, the nerve endings in the brain, right? The wiring in your brain. You see pictures of that. They're sparking and firing all over those places. There's all parts to those things, right? And biology wants to theorize that a spark happens first, then you have the thought. Which, to me, doesn't make sense at all, because then you would have random thinking all over the place. It would just be popping in. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> yes, it's because of damage that can be occurring within the brain that can cause the thinking to be off, right? Whether it be schizophrenia, Alzheimer's. Yes, those things will interfere with some of your thoughts for sure. But believe it or not, it was your thoughts that helped to create that to start with. Just the same as your thoughts can create cancers in your own body. Your thoughts can create disabilities, right? And then what were our thoughts actually before we got into the body that created it? But still the mind is in control. Still the mind is in control.
it can and and the brain itself wants to function it will create new pathways when it needs to there has been proof of that that people with head injuries and brain injuries all of a sudden they are examining the brain and they see new pathways that these synapses and the, well, the synapses is actually the endpoints, but the, the electrical waves that are going through the brain, taking these new pathways because the old pathways were damaged. Remember the, the brain's highest function is to keep you alive. And the soul's function wants that as well. But the whole point of this is create a new pattern. Honor the divine male within you. Honor your father. That's the honor your father. Honor your mother. They came together in an act of love or an act. Didn't necessarily have to be love. Sorry, I hope there's no children listening. It certainly wasn't a stork. But they produced you. They at least produced a body. They didn't produce your soul, obviously. They produced a body for your soul to participate in this life, to give you an opportunity to experience what you want to experience. And so we acknowledge them for having done that for us. And we acknowledge what we don't know they've done for us whether they were hard on us, whether they were gentle on us, whether they weren't there or whether they abused us. We don't know what plan we had, but we honor so that we can create our own memories within us in order for the soul to continue to grow. It doesn't grow with negative memories. It doesn't grow with paying attention only to the scars. I know the scars get in the way. Obviously, I've been dealing with mine my entire life. Little Vinny, right? Up until this day, I'm even told if I respond a certain way that isn't this loving, positive, spiritual person, it must be because of my insecurity from the past. Of course, of course it must be that, right? Whenever you make a mistake, it's got to be from that. So if you're not reminding yourself, the rest of the world winds up reminding you of it. But you can still take control of that too. And not have them remind you. And create your own story of who you really are. Because you really are divine. You don't have to go that far in creating a great story. Because it doesn't matter how you were treated. That doesn't define who you are. It may define how you feel about who you are, but it doesn't define the truth of who you are, how you were raised, where you were raised, in an orphanage, in a barn, in a stable, in a mansion. It doesn't matter. It doesn't define who you are as a being. It may seem like it gives you more opportunities than not. But once we start even taking responsibility for our own stories and our own beliefs, we'll start treating others better, too. 
we won't keep rubbing their stories in their faces. It truly is. That's what prejudice and racism is all about. Is if I can rub another person's story or the story I want to create for them in their face, I don't have to pay attention to my own. We don't disbelieve in other people. We don't care about their skin color. We don't care about their sexual orientation or whether they want to be referred to as him, her, or them. We don't care about those things. We got too much in our own lives to care about. We're only projecting onto them all that we need to take care of in our own lives. We don't care if they're Republican or Democrat. That's a stupid thing right there. Nobody even believes about their things anymore. All of your values. I don't think a lot of people even know what they stand for. We don't care about those things. We care about growth and love and evolving. And that's what we should be paying attention to. So this Father's Day, honor even this Mother's Day as well, the past Mother's Day that we just had last month, honor that within you. Honor that that you have, whether your parents are alive or deceased, they're still there. The memories of them, the energy of them, the soul of them is still alive and thriving. Say hello. Say I love you. Say thank you for giving me the opportunity. I hold nothing against you anymore. I hold nothing against me, so I don't need to hold anything against you. I don't need to be upset with you. So this is the Stop Stopping Yourself show. So stop stopping yourself and start loving yourself. Have a blessed week. Have a sacred Father's Day for all those who are biological fathers out there and who are adoptive fathers out there. God bless you all. And Father, Father within you. Take care now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.